Welcome to another episode of the Vineyard Nordic podcast. My name is Jon and I will be leading you through this conversation. And I long to see people be transformed in the meeting with Jesus in a new way and not just caught up in things we used to do. That this new season for churches will not be so much about how we used to do things, religion, but it's about the encounter with the living God who will transform our lives. To see that in every area of our lives, not just inside a church building, but all over. In this episode, I have the honor of having Maria Lundbeck, the ministry leader of Vinyard Nordic Worship, and Mi Helner, worship coordinator of Vinyard Nordic Youth, in the podcast. These two are a real blessing to our movement. For the last couple of years, we have seen the worship community in Vinyard Nordic growing a lot. New worship leaders have been raised and trained, local songs have been written and impacted our communities. In this conversation, we hear Maria's and Mi's own life stories, and we talk about worship and leadership. So you don't want to miss this, and let's kick this off. So, very welcome to today's episode. Normally, we invite one guest each episode, but today it's a bit special. I'm very happy to have you two joining in today, me and Maria. How are you guys doing? If we start with me. I'm doing good. Thank you for having us or having me. I've had a wonderful weekend. I just got back to work, so I'm having a break at a school that I'm working at. Yeah, I'm just happy to join the conversation today. Good. And you, Maria? I'm also good. I'm enjoying that the sun is actually shining today. That's a new thing. We had a good Sunday, a good service yesterday. So I'm happy. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, good to have you here. Me, if you would describe yourself with three words, what would those be and why? Um, I would say 30. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I just recently turned 30, so I think that's good. Um, I would say creative. And uh, I would say outgoing. Yeah, I like to be around people. Uh, I like to make music with people. So creative, 30, and uh, yeah. Outgoing. <laughs> outgoing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you an extrovert then or introvert? I'm like a mixture uh, in between. Uh, I love spending time with people, but it, it also can be draining. I'm sort of a sponge. I notice a lot in a room uh, what's going on and what people are going through. So I love being a part of that, but it can also be draining. So I think I'm in between. And and, and why you choose 30? Is that some, <laughs> has that to do with some kind of, um, uh, what do you say, good or bad feeling? Stress or not stress? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. Uh, I just recently got married and I did that before I got 30. And I I don't know why we, why we make that as a, a line or a goal, but... It just felt safe and okay, I'm married. I, I'm now 30. I feel like I, I'm on a new journey, a new season in my life. So I think it's good, but it just feels like a mile, milestone in a way. 30 and thriving, I heard that you're supposed to say. That's good. And if we were to add a fourth word, I would say Dane, since you just moved to Denmark. Yes, but that's really hard still. <laughs> but yeah, I just recently moved. It's almost a year now. That's good. Or not good for us here, but it's good for you that you enjoy your new life in Denmark, I would say. Uh, and Maria, if you were to describe yourself with three words, what would those be? I think it's even worse that I had a little seconds, few seconds to prepare because I don't know. I would say passionate, a mother. That's a big one. And <laughs> beautiful voice and a writer. Thank you, Mi. 
And what's the biggest thing with being a mom then? I think the reason why I said is because I feel like I'm, I have three kids, but I feel like I'm a mother for so many more people yeah. than that in ministry. Yeah, that's good. And passionate. Why would you just say that? Uh, I will go many extra miles to get things done that I'm passionate about. Lose sleep, go many kilometers out in the world, stretch myself out. That's good. And uh, me, if you can tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and like what you're doing right now. Well, the biggest thing recently, I guess, was me moving to Denmark. I've been living in Stockholm for like eight years, I think, being a part of Stockholm Vineyard, uh, growing there in my faith and as a worship leader uh, and also in life generally. And now I've been living in Denmark for almost a year. I'm a part of Roskilde Vineyard. I live in Copenhagen. And yeah, I just got married to a Dane. So it's just like a whole new scene, a whole new country. But I mean, Sweden and Denmark, they are pretty. I mean, we have a relationship with each other. We sort of understand each other. Um, so I feel like it wasn't the biggest step, but it has been big in like, you know, a complete new friends and new scene and new church. So a lot going on. Uh, and it was in the middle of Corona lockdown season. So a lot of things has happened, but I'm happy and it's an exciting time to be in. And you, Maria, if you were to tell a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing, we heard a little bit that you're a mom of many, but what else? <laughs> uh, yeah, I am a worship pastor in Copenhagen Vineyard, and I'm also leading a Vineyard Nordic Worship, live in Copenhagen, three boys, busy life. Uh, what else? Yes, before I was uh, full-time doing church ministry, which is new to me, I have been working in an NGO with projects in Africa, water projects, uh, human rights projects, uh, education projects for many years. So that's also something that has shaped me uh, very much. And it also means that I'm very aware of what's going on in the world. It's mm, good. And um, now to some short, quick questions that we usually have here. And I want to start with me. So now being a Dane, what's the best thing with Denmark and what are you missing from Sweden? Okay, best thing about Denmark, I need to say the people and the beer, <laughs> two things. <laughs> uh, that's very nice, a nice culture uh, in Denmark with their beer. Um, I miss winter sports in Sweden. I miss people watching winter sports and actually being active in skiing and stuff. That's a culture I don't feel like the Denmark is so much involved in. Yeah. And Maria, what are you doing on a free day? I hang out with my kids. And uh, on a free day, it's uh, usually not what is free. It's free from what you're paid to do, yeah. I guess. So uh, a lot of things with the kids, fixing stuff, hanging out with them, going in the garden. Yeah. yeah. And um, both of you, what's your definition on leadership? If we start with me. I guess it's, it's about, I know a lot of people say this, but it's a lot about serving, serving attitude, uh, being involved in the people around you. I think like to share lives and, and being someone who sort of puts your own life a little bit to the side sometimes to fill more people in, that you can carry more people and that you are having a humble servant attitude, I guess would be one, one thing. But just, yeah, someone who, who dare to go a little bit further ahead and that people can look at you being a role model. Yeah, mm. I would say that. And Maria, yeah. what's your definition of leadership? Well, everything she said, but I will also add, going back and think like, what what was it that got me started? And I think every, all the way through in my life, it's been, you see a need in some, you know, 
you have to do something about it. Something needs to be done. So it's not about like how many people can I lead or like have this position, but there's something we need to do. So we do it. And then in some strange way, people will follow if you are set on a goal to make a difference. That's good. I think um, we usually have this question. And I think a lot of people, as you mentioned, of course, it's a lot about, you know, say go before everyone else, you know, breaking new grounds in a way and really showing boldness through living it out yourself. So I think that's really good. And also, what are you guys dreaming of right now? If we start with me. Hmm. I think I got this question on one of our church gatherings in Roskilde. And I remember I went into this old cathedral and I saw these old blueprints of the cathedral uh, about, you know, it's been rebuilt many times. There was a fire that's been through a lot. And I just remember watching that blueprint and seeing all the work people had put into rebuilding that cathedral. And I remember looking at the picture and wishing that like it was people's hearts and people's lives that we were sort of looking at and helping to rebuild or to to sort of get the reconstruction, I guess, reconstruction of hearts and lives. I would love to be a part of that, like people being uplifted again and seeing new new ways and new seasons in lives and, and new chances in life. I, I would love to be a part of that, especially a new generation to be a part of reconstructing and yeah, reconstructing of hearts. Yeah, that's really <laughs> it's a good. dream. <laughs> That's a good picture, I think. And Maria, uh, what are you dreaming about right now? Uh, I'm just sitting here being amazed about the picture that me shares because it is <laughs> very close to a picture I got many years ago about Vineyard Nordic worship that has like formed my, the direction. <laughs> so that was a picture of a cathedral being built. And when you zoomed in, it was built of people. Um and being reconstructed. So, and that's still what I, I long to see, to see us taking part of building God's kingdom and see people to work in the in where they're supposed to, to fit in, in this construction where God has a plan for them so they can live out their potential and, and being close relationship with Jesus. And I long to see people be transformed in the meeting with Jesus in a new way and not just caught up in things we used to do that this new season for churches will not be so much about how we used to do things, religion, but it's about the encounter with the living God who will transform our lives. To see that in every area of our lives, not just inside a church building, but all over. And in creativity, that it will be reflected in our creativity as well. Amen to that. To move on in this uh, conversation, we also want to hear a little bit more about your own background and where you come from and, and you know, happenings that have shaped your life. And today I want to hear one story from each of you where you share like a little bit why you are where you are today and what God has done in your life. So we can start with Maria and you can share. All right. I grew up in a Christian family, family going to a free evangelical church. We didn't have a vineyard movement in Denmark at that time. So that was not really an option. And it was a charismatic church. We did have worship songs. We also had hymns and people were filled with the spirit. Some were not. Some people would walk out if there were drums and, and protest and some would be like, yes, there's nothing we want more than being the presence of God. But I also grew up being, I started playing piano when I was I don't know, five, and they couldn't keep me off the piano. So my parents, they gave me lessons. And when you're in church and when you play an instrument, you automatically get involved in worship. But I think no one really put words to what worship was for me. Just did it. And there was a lovely worship leader who was a lot older than me who included me, but I, I think I didn't understand 
much. I was like 12, 13 years old and in the band every Sunday. And at the same time, we had a really big youth group with a lot of really talented musicians. And that band sounded a lot better than the old band, but there was so much teenage insecurity and attitude that I just learned that if you're good musicians, you have to be arrogant. And I would be in a band, we would meet on Friday nights for the youth and we would play on Sundays and we would rehearse on Tuesdays. And I could be in this worship band three days a week and never really be included in the fellowship because I was a girl. And usually, you know, there's not many girls, at least when I was a kid, I was always the only girl and I was younger. So they didn't really speak to me and it was really devastating in many ways. So I, I grew up with having a close relationship with Jesus, but also learning, you know, if you want to be good at, mus at music, you have to have an attitude. And it's about, you know, showing that you're better than everybody else in order to, you know, show yourself, yeah, to have value. That's not super healthy. In worship, we, we sung Christian songs and it sounded good. But when I look back now, I don't, I didn't have a mentor, anyone to really explain to me what is this about in the area of worship. So when I, when I was about 20, I went to DTS. It's a discipleship school with Youth for the Mission. And I went to school in the States in a certain area because I could see they were good in music. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And I went there expecting to, of course, be picked for the team because I knew I was I could sing and I could play the piano. And uh, I would become the one who would vacuum clean the floor while the band was playing. And I thought that was strange. And I really had a problem with, uh, I didn't think the drummer was good enough. Like, how can you worship if, you know, you have a bad drummer? Or how, how can you focus on the Lord if the music is not perfect? It, it, it took me a while to get past that. And God was doing a lot in me in that time. But then the one experience I want to share, I call it one of my milestones, is that on a DTS the school, you have three months of theory, then you have three months of practice and outreach. So we went to Kyrgyzstan in Central Asia with a Christian band. And this is about the year of 2000. And then you can guess how old I am. Uh, and at that time, I didn't know there was a country called Kyrgyzstan. It was pretty new still. Uh, and there was a lot of restrictions where you cannot gather because then you'd be closed down. There could be no demonstrations. If you said Jesus in the phone, they would cut the connection. We like would have to talk about George. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was that kind of setting. And we took a band and, and in some strange way, because there was really not very many people from the West. People, they loved us and they put us in television and the radio <laughs> and concerts, and we really were not a great band. We were just not from Kyrgyzstan. Um, I say one of the things was that uh, our drummer, he had one hand. So the way that he would, he also, he was a great musician in writing songs and uh, in many other ways, but the, he would put on a boxing glove and put a stick in the boxing glove, and then he could play. And it, it will also say something about the technique. So this is where we set the level. And then we were just a bunch of happy people trying to play some contemporary Christian music. Um, but we were needing a place to uh, rehearse for, for the concerts we were giving. And in a strange way, we got in contact with a place. It was like a black metal club. 
and it was underground in a bomb shelter. So you had to go downstairs, far down underground, and there would be big pictures of demons with these metal guitars, like with uh, like funny shaped guitars, and they all the, the people in there they all wore black clothes, long black hair, black makeup, and become as a Christian band. And we thought it was really interesting. They would let us rehearse in there. And the the way we should pay them was just that we would give three concerts. For them, it was just cool that somebody from not Kyrgyzstan would come in there. So it was like, sure, we will do that. Then the first time we were to give a concert, they put us up with a Kyrgyz metal band. So we would play a set and then the metal band would play a set and we will come back on stage. And we had people praying for us, the rest of the, the team that were not on stage. And we played our nice, pretty contemporary Christian music. And I think they were not impressed <laughs> at all. <laughs> I wouldn't be. Um, and then the, the black metal band, they come on stage and they start to play. And you can just tell that the spiritual atmosphere completely changed. It became so heavy. And so when we came back up and we were to play our first song, we were not able to play together. And we were playing a song that maybe the people who um who still who remember um what was their names? Delirious in the in the beginning of the millennium. Remember there was a song called Obsession. It's a very simple song with the four on the floor, like that's the intro it's just the drums and the bass this is super simple and our bass and our drummer they couldn't follow each other and i just remember myself standing there's the lead singer in in front of everybody and i was so embarrassed i just wanted to run away um god had already been working with me about my attitude and how to worship before this so this was like this was three four months in of that and i had accepted of course you can worship and you can uh you can lead others in worship without being a fabulous musician it's not about that but still it just hit me in that time you still there's there's still something in here in me why am i so embarrassed Uh, and i think all of us on that stage, we were really embarrassed at that time. And at some point, because we were not talking, we just gave it all to God. And I have never experienced still to this day, his, the Holy Spirit come with such a power that he did on that day in this bomb shelter underground in a room that was packed with black metal people. Um, and we just started to worship in a way that I had never experienced in my life before. And um, we heard music that we didn't have violins on the stage, but they were violins. Uh, the bass player, he was screaming for God so, so much that his jaw got disconnected and he was just like, ah, um, the people. <laughs> this is a crazy story. Yeah, this is a good story. <laughs> and, and the the. The people who were standing, at least I could see the ones in the front row, they were either raising their hands and just worshipping this thing. I don't know if they knew what it was. And some people were a bit scared of what was going on because <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did not expect this to happen. Um, 
And I remember coming home that night and sitting in my room and just saying to God, okay, this is when I no longer have control and I leave it to you. It's not my work. It's not what I do, but it's about me making myself available to what you want to do. And, and if this is what happens, I want, I want in. <laughs> I'm in now. Um, and I describe this as a day where I went from being a musician, a Christian musician who loved Jesus and played Christian music, to being a worshiper who also plays music. Because there's a big difference in being a musician, playing Christian music, or in being a worshiper, which is much more and deeper. Hmm. And um, how would you describe yeah. that, you know, the change that was happening inside of you that night? What, how did that come in? You know, in, in how did that was, how was that showing in your life after that? Like, what was the big things that changed in your life when you experienced that? It's about giving the control to Jesus a lot. And of course, it's not something that I'm completely, I never have a control issue anymore. I still do. And it's, but it's something that reminds me that, you know, I don't have to fix this. It's, you know, God is building his church. It's, it's his church. It's like, I just, I can join and I can be blessed by joining what he, he's up to. Um, so it's about freedom and joy. And also a lot about humility. Um, and we went back to that place afterwards. And and the owners of the club, they were like, what happened that night? Because they could just tell that something had changed in the atmosphere after that concert. And it probably was not a musical, uh, brilliant thing, but something something changed. Um, yeah, so that's that's one of the things that has really affected me. Yeah, I can really see that. Thank you so much, Maria. So me, you and I know each other a little bit more than me and Maria since we've been growing up partly together. But let us hear your story and what has shaped your life. Yeah, well, I, I thought about it and I think that I will actually choose like the first... Uh, moment that I stepped into the Stockholm Vineyard Church, actually. Um, there was no cool uh, death metal basements here. Uh, it was like stepping into a regular room, regular lighting. Um, it was it was just the first time that I was in a vineyard church, basically. Um, but it hit me. I don't, I don't believe you could see it on the surface, but it was really a sense of coming home. Um, I could feel it. It was something um, in the presence. It was something in how, how things, you know, just the scent of things or the atmosphere that you can't really explain. But if for me, it was like, I, I recognize this. I've been here before, or this is like my home. Um, and so the backstory to that um, is that when I was little, um, I grew up in a little church plant. Um, there was um, it, my parents was uh, a part of planting a church in this really rural area of Sweden in the forest, deep, deep, dark forests of Sweden. 
um, I was little. Um, I, I think I, I can remember it from when I was like four or five years old. We lived there for 10 years, um, approximately. Um, and, uh, I just remember it was, uh, it was, it was weird upbringing because, um, it was this thing of not really having a church. Uh, we were sort of in this regular house meeting in a living room. Um, and I remember the fellowship around it. It was like families coming together, uh, being in a place where there were like no, uh, believers. Uh, there was not a safe environment in that sense for a believer. Um, there was a lot of new age, um, going on, um, and a lot of, you know, people were, were not really welcoming the church or this church plan. So it was like a, that was sort of the, uh, the scene just to set it for you guys. Um, but so, so I grew up in that, uh, that this is, this is how you do church. You do it with families, you do it in a living room. Um, I remember there was like this free creative, uh, Thing about worship it was just a guitar in the corner i also remember people being kind of natural with their spiritual lives is i mean i, I it, it sounds kind of like <laughs> upbringing this magical forest which you know it was wizards and a lot of weird things going on but so it was and there we came and and our spiritual life was also kind of just natural for me i just grew up in that uh knowing that there were uh, people involved in magic and we were involved with God and his presence. And there was just, um, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like a fairy tale, but for me, that was just a normal upbringing. That was a, uh, a normal way. And I, I just, I think uh, we also had people coming from the vineyard visiting us up in this little church plant uh, and also people from the vineyard joining us. Um, so, so there was definitely some connection to the vineyard growing up uh, but then we uh when then we left and we moved down to uh smorland which is a part of sweden that is completely different uh and this is also where you you are from and that was more of a safe environment to be a christian um there was a lot of churches uh and just a lot of church camps and youth things you could go to um completely different scene and i know that coming from a place where you could not take your faith for granted or being a part of that kind of uh, alternative atmosphere. Uh, and then coming into this where you could go to a church and there was a lot of other Christians, it just became, it was just hard for me. I couldn't connect with the church uh, in this way. And I know that all the years in my teenage years, um, I still had my faith uh, in in God, but I didn't have a close, personal, natural relationship with Him in my everyday life. Um, uh, so, being, uh, I think I was uh, 22 years old, moving to Stockholm and stepping into this vineyard church, um, that was where it clicked for me. That was where I could sense that natural relationship with the Holy Spirit again. I could sense it in the worship um, and people being really devoted to their relationship with God in an intimate way and in a natural way. Uh, so for me, it was just like, ah, oh, that is what I've been searching for ever since I was a kid, I believe. I, I didn't know what it was, uh, but I really believe that I found it in Stockholm Vineyard uh, of all places. So I think that for me, that's just a little beautiful story of being introduced to something, being a kid. Uh, and being in an atmosphere and kind of 
learning, recognizing this, like the scent of Holy Spirit or how, how he moves and how he affects you and how, what it feels like and what it is like. And then sort of recognizing it again uh, way later, being, a, being like a young adult. Um, so I'm just very, very grateful uh, that I found back home and that I found Vineyard because I believe that was, that was the home for me and that was uh, what God uh, intended me to come to. Um, and it's also strange because I know moving to Stockholm as a young adult, you think like, I'm going to church shop. I'm going to look around. Uh, there were so many cool churches. Uh, but uh, you and you were the one uh, saying to me that, yeah, but you should come and check out Vineyard first. Like promise me the first Sunday you will come to Vineyard and then you can go. Like you can, you can look around. But I mean, I, I never, I never stepped my foot into another church. I was just, uh, it was one visit to Stockholm Vineyard. And then, I mean, it has completely changed me and my faith and, my my relationship with Jesus. So it was just like, yeah, it really set the direction for me. Speaking about that, and you as a quite young person, uh, you know, coming back into that, and you say it's been changing your life ever since. What would you say, like to to the young version of you, maybe the teenage version of you, and maybe speaking to our teenagers in the Vienna Nordic, like what would you say? are learnings that you now can see um, that you have learned when really, you know, getting that, what you say, glimpse of God again and, you know, really going for it uh, as you, you, you share after uh, entering to the vineyard. Uh, what are kind of learning things that you can send forward to the young people in our movement today? Yeah. Um, I, I think I would say... To not just look at churches as a place to be entertained or as a social club or uh, a place where it's just cool to hang out. Uh, so I think I would say to myself to not just look at the, you know, the, the physical construction of a church or, uh, yeah, the events around it or the type of worship, I, I don't know, a style, uh, but to more go deeper. Uh, and what, what, what is the people here? How do they live with Jesus? Uh, what is their faith like? Uh, how can I connect deeper to God together with other people? But that would be the attractive force as a teenager. Uh, look for Jesus uh, and, and talk to people about it and their faith. Because I felt like going to church, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really ask people what, like what? How are you walking with God in your everyday life, or what is your story? Talking to older people, or I was just with people in my own age, and it was more about fitting in and than than actually looking for Jesus. Um, so I, I guess that would be some 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 stuff I would say. <laughs> I think that's really good, and I think what you think you're looking for in other young people around you and this hype things might be actually what you find in maybe older people when you really you know get this connection with people in the faith then you can end up having your best friend as a much older person than you think in the beginning that like oh yeah i need to find a church with people at the same age but when you really you know have the anchor and the foundation in god then you can see so many new dimensions in other people uh, to find friends in people that i didn't think that i had any connection with before yeah, and that was also something in Stockholm Vineyard in the worship 
you know, it was mixed teams. It was not just like a youth team, but it was actually people from different ages, different backgrounds, and we were coming together. So it's more like a family in that sense, which I, I thought was beautiful. So to see more of, of church as your family, I guess it's also one thing. Yeah, that's really good. And speaking about worship and culture and all of this, that's a little bit the, the theme for this episode today since you guys are leading the worship in the Vinya Nordic. And um, just to open up this part of the conversation, like we live in this time today where worship music and prison music industry hasn't been bigger and more available than it is right now when it comes to, you know, Spotify, YouTube, and especially this Corona season has really opened up more things and in many ways good, I think. And I mean, we have never had so many opportunities when it comes to access, you know, church services, worship events, prayer events, music releases, etc. online. And I mean, today there's a big table to choose between, you know, you can freely choose your own, your favorite church, your favorite wor worship session, preaching, etc. And the question that all this ends up in, for me at least, is that like, what is this doing to all of us? We've been talking about this before this conversation about this thing. And like, are we going from, you know, practicing the biblical way of being rooted in the local church and to becoming maybe in a way a rootless generation where we always strive for the next big thing, the moving from church to church or from YouTube worship video to another to try to find a better one. And it's like we are connected more than ever today, but we're not rooted. I mean, we're less rooted than ever in a way. And what do you guys think about this, Maria? Oh, there's so many good things in this, but it's also super dangerous. Uh, I had to ask myself the question many times during COVID, like, who is leading you or who am I leading? Because people can pick and choose what's their favorite speaker, uh, what's their favorite worship band, why do I need to make an effort in participating in any kind of fellowship? Because I can just pick my favorite thing on my phone, on my screen, and I don't need to get more involved. It's about the feeling, you know, something that between God and me, and I don't need to connect with other people. And I think that's. Um, That's not a good thing. Uh, when you were talking, you know, I was just reminded of like what now we're talking about worship. What is worship? And and Jesus said, you know, you should love your the Lord with all your heart and also love your neighbor. Like you cannot disconnect those two things. The relationship with Jesus is both. It goes both ways. You have to both reach up and reach out in the same time. So we need to be rooted in our local community in some way, connect to other people. And maybe in this day, I don't want to be old-fashioned and say it has to be with the people that you live right next to. Maybe it doesn't look like that, but you have to connect to people somehow, in some way. I And then I would say that a local church is my very best uh, option that I can think of. Um, and in the same way with, with the worship, you can't just sit at home and, and worship the Lord and this, like, this is enough. You need to connect this to other people um, to be rooted. That, you know, worship is not the nice fluffy feeling you get when you meet the presence of God. There's so much more to it than a fluffy feeling of you feeling nice and you being blessed. 
You know, worship is about we're giving something to the Lord. Uh, it's a big subject. I'll let me say something as well. <laughs> no, but you you say it so well, Maria. And uh, yeah, it's supposed like the, the worship that we give, as you say, it shouldn't just bless me, but it should also bless others. Or um, I I think that yeah it's 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 weird to me that you can that you can go around with this wonderful experience with God or meeting with God that you get maybe through a worship song or a uh, preaching uh, on your podcast or whatever and then you just keep it to yourself and and you can't share it with anybody else i i I find that very strange and I don't know what that does to us i I really don't know um but i I think that it doesn't really lead to anything I think it leads to me having. Um, something nice, a nice feeling, but it feels like it's it's such an inward, um, and also just uh, focus on on ourselves that that will not lead to a flourishing um, a life. I, I don't believe that. I, I believe we are meant to to share, um, and that we're meant to walk together. And of course, online can be a tool to that. You can all, you, of course, we can we can talk to each other. We can have some type of connection with each other. And I know that it's really helpful for young people to also have um communication and feel like we we are we can keep in touch uh even though we live uh in in, in separate countries and we can we can stay in touch and we can uh, encourage each other and i believe that's great but we also need to 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 look around us when when we deconnect from that cloud when we you know turn that podcast off or turn that phone off where are we what setting are we in we need to be physical and to have that physical persons around us, I believe, to, to share that. Yeah, um, I think what I've been reflecting over the last couple of months is that, I mean, it's great with all this uh, access to online material. I think it's really good. And I think it's really blessing the the body of Christ in many ways, especially for people that, you know, during Corona has been alone, home, maybe in a city where you don't have many Christians around you and stuff like that. But I think also... I mean, as you say, like, where are you when you have stopped listening to that podcast or stopped listening to that worship session? Where are you? And we need to to see what is God want to do with us where we are or with me where I am and, and, and how can I grow in that? And then, of course, we can get inspired from other people and other churches that have done great things. But it, it can't be what we build everything on, I think. If I can add something. Yes. That because it, it also goes with with worship of there's a lot of great songs out there but there's also a need for us to sing some of the songs that are written here because they are locally relevant and they are saying something about what is God doing in our context we don't need to only sing about what God is doing in LA or in Australia we need to sing put words to what is God doing here but what is God doing in us and with us and through us and how can we put words to it and, and sing about it as a fellowship yeah and speaking about that how would you describe like the vineyard's identity and dna in this whole area of worship and, and music where do we come from and what's the heart uh yeah i didn't make this up i don't know who made it, made it up but uh, i will steal this by saying that we have movement of his presence not performance and uh just going back this past one and a half year, I think it has been very clear, at least for me, to see that we in the vineyard, we have something to offer in what we are coming from because performance is not a goal to us. And I don't think performance is a goal to 
<laughs> any church. And I, I also want to say that there's a lot of wonderful worship songs and churches who are doing amazing worship out there. But we have different flavors and we have a certain place to fill as vineyard movement, which is about the presence of God. And if you go back and you look at how did we begin? And there's a lot of stories to that. And I'm not the big vineyard historian, but one of the things that started out was the people were hungry for God. They were just gathering in living rooms and seeking him. And they started to sing songs almost accidentally straight to him instead of about him. And then his presence came. And out of that, vineyard worship slowly developed. And this is the super short version of it. Um, and eventually we started to put words to what is God doing and why? Why is there a difference in singing to Jesus instead of about him? What is the difference? And why is there a difference of uh, when I have spent a lot of time with the Lord alone and then when we come together as a group, why is the difference in how he moves? So, so that's how we started. And the, the core is at the hunger for his presence. And everything else that we do in worship, we want his presence. We love because he loved us first. And it's not about performing or making things look nice. It's about being real, being raw, coming just as we are with everything, all the good and the bad, and presenting to the Lord as an offering. And I think this has become very clear also in the COVID, where we could not meet with uh, on a stage with nice lights and tracks and all kinds of different things to make things sound nice. I discovered that the things that I connected to uh, the best on screen were people being real and spirit responsive when they were worshiping Jesus. It, it was not about how the lighting was or how the sound was. It was the intimacy in worshiping. That was what made the connection. And that's, I think that's what we as the vineyard movement all over, we have to bring to the table. Then other churches have a lot of other good stuff. And ours is not you know, better or worse, but we all have something important to bring. And we really need to hold this high because I think it's so important and it's something that is blessing churches, communities all over the world. If we hold this high that we are meant to bring. Also to move on in this conversation, like we were talking before about this like spirit responsive worship leading, like that it has to come out of our own walk with the Lord, our own intimacy with God. Can you share a little bit around that principle or what you would say to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's at least uh, experience that we have seen all through the years that it, it does make a difference. If you, you can't come and do a cold start, if you are to lead others into worship, uh, it, it will be reflected if you have not done anything in the week before. People will probably notice. That's also the danger with being a, a great musician. You can create emotions with the way you build up songs, the way you take them down. You can do so much. But as, as I, I said before, this is not about me. This is not what about what I can do. It's about what can the Lord do through me just making myself available. And if I am more in tune with him and I know, okay, this feeling I get right now is probably him saying something and I dare to respond to it. And I just stick to, we planned these four songs and we're going to go from A to B in this role because this is how we agreed. The worship will be so much more than just us playing through a set of songs. And what you're saying there, like letting this open spirit or open mind of yours after spending time with God really affecting the way 
you lead worship? That's the core I hear in what you're sharing. Yeah. I think for me as leading other worship leaders, it's a lot about putting words to it. It's also about encouraging people to rehearse, not just how do we rehearse the, the way the song goes, but how do we rehearse that we are free in following the spirit when we worship together. And that will be really tricky if you've not done it at home. Like you cannot lead people where you've not gone yourself. Yeah. And me, we also talked about this before, about your own story of growing into worship leading. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, I think before coming into to the vineyard, um, I think I, I was associating worship or being a part of worship as, as being a good musician, actually, uh, sort of similar to what Maria is, uh, has shared before. Uh, when I came to the vineyard, I was expecting, okay, they will ask me <laughs> to be a part of the worship team. That's kind of arrogant. <laughs> but I was so used to it because being a musician and being good at music, that means that being in the church, you will be asked. But what I what I experienced in Stockholm Vineyard was that they they didn't uh, invite me. They they wanted to invite me to be a part of the church, and I think they had a principle that you should be you should be a part of the church for at least like almost a year. Uh, it's not like a time frame, but you should really be engaging and be a part of the heart of the church. You know the church, and be in it yourself and be served to uh, yourself before stepping into that type of leadership which I thought was really healthy and it made a huge difference for me in how I, how I pursued worship leading. And then uh, coming in, like being a part of the culture, I, I understood, okay, this is how, this is the culture of Stockholm Vineyard. Uh, this is how, how we do it here. And I got to, to really also go through some stuff myself personally in my, in my personal faith and, and, and uh, spiritual life before going up leading others. So it, it, it made a huge difference. And and then when, when I actually started to be a part of the worship, I was not leading alone. I was leading together with, with a team and a more experienced leader as well. So that was also, you know, this thing about uh, having somebody who's leading you and, and that I could, uh, like a mentor and a mentorship where I could learn from and I didn't have to stand alone because I wasn't ready to carry all this and to carry this whole church in worship. I, I wasn't. So it was like the long process of being humble and 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 get to know the church that you're in, and uh, just be a part of it first before you lead lead the others. That that I thought was very helpful and with my and it also shaped my heart and my heart of worship in a huge way. Yeah, Maria, do you have something to add there from your own story? Hmm, uh, just thinking that. Wanting to add that my story of entering to the vineyard is very much the same as me just feeling at home. And when I came into the vineyard, it what me is saying also making me appreciate that we in the vineyard worship is not a warm up before the the message. Worship is a mean in itself, a goal in itself that we are going to worship first. So it also affects the way that we, we do things. And all around the world, you will see that we take deliberately time out to worship Jesus before anything else. And it can look a little bit different in the way and the sounds, and but we, will, we have this DNA as a vineyard movement that we are worshipers of his presence, of, of him, first of all. So it's just loose thoughts coming around when me is talking maybe it doesn't make sense no that's but, um, really good i think that's a really good perspective and i mean 
good point you 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 mentioned there with you know we're we're not here to warm up the preaching or the message is is like worship and prayer and being in front of God is the main thing and it it it's it has to and it's reflecting what's coming next and what and and really seek what God wants to do and i, I and also around worship leading like or worship in general in our churches like it's so often we just focus on the music part and i i th- i know we've been talking about this a lot the last couple of years like really expanding this view of worship and can we can you share a little bit around that what has happened in in our movement the last couple of years where in terms of expect you know expanding what is worship me um i I guess we, we we are we are we want to be open to include different uh you know creative ways of being in front of the Lord and what what we have done the last like uh, during corona I think was also we had this online gallery that we um that we put out there where we wanted to you know include different art forms you c- it could be uh, to write poems and and, and to to uh, paint a painting or a dance or produce music it's it's like everything that we that we that we create to sort of to honor god uh, and to put in front of him as worship i, I think we wanted to 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 focus uh yeah to, to give to, to give that a room and to give space for that um to experiment more with that um and also, uh, I I had an experience of you know with with the young people of uh, including uh, the culture of rap music as well in our worship movement um, because that was his expression of this is how I write and this is how I how I worship God with my brilliant uh, lyrics and ways of uh, singing them. Um, and of course, it would be hard to in- engage the whole congregation in rap <laughs> worship, but it's wonderful to sort of just like shed light on it and to show that we have different forms here. We have expressions that, and uh, that we also, yeah, I, I think that we we have tried to in, in Vinyan Nordic to shed some light to it, to give it room and space, and that we can explore it together. Uh, I guess, um, which I think is is just beautiful. Um, we also have that with, um, you know, talking about kids worship as well. Like how, how can we, how do they naturally come before the Lord worshiping and how can we uh, do that together with them as families and kids? So, so there's, there's many, many aspects of how can we look at more things than just the music on the Sunday service? Like how do we worship with our lives and, and how can we be creative around that? What different forms and shapes and, and sizes do that come in and, I believe there's many, many. We have more to explore and and uh, and yeah, to look at. Mm. And Maria, uh, to end up this conversation a little bit, uh, what are we of as a Vina Nordic worship movement dreaming of for the future? I love to see more local songs. I want to see. I, I dream of seeing people just being free in worship and using their own language using the old local flavor, using their voice. Um, the best gift we can give to God is the, the way that he has created us to worship. We don't have to sound like anybody else in the way we sing, in the way we speak, in the way we creatively express ourselves. And I think there's something that connects deeper to our hearts when we are who God has created us to be. So to see more creativity just come up all over 
And I long to see us as worship leaders, and this is a challenge to myself as well, being more spirit responsive to dare, putting words to what God is doing when we have Sunday services, but just really being led by the spirit and to be brave to to stay in the moment when God is doing something, wait for him, and I just move on. And I long to see how we can be transformed if we really go deep in this way. Mm. I think what I I hear in this talk in general is really about being open and really kind of stand in front of God and really listen to him and really being able to move where he wants to move or let him move us and not being too focused on doing what we always have done or making our set, playing our songs, but really asking God, like ask him to come and do whatever he wants to do. And it's really, as we have talked about, it's really the vineyard DNA. But I think really what a lot of worship has, has become in this is in this time is about performance culture in many ways. And really what you say, Maria, we are to lead people into his presence, not do a performance. And I think that's so good to, to sum up this conversation with. And just before we end, I want you to Tell us where can people find the music and the resources, like you said, the art gallery me and stuff like this. Where can we find all of this? Well, I, I think you can find our songs on almost like yeah, where you stream your music, basically. And uh, we also have our art gallery uh, on our Vineyard Worship Nordic Nordic Worship webpage. I think it's vineyardnordicworship.org. Yeah, yes, exactly. So uh, to sum up this uh, conversation, I just want to end with asking both of you, Uh, that out of what we've been speaking about today, what do you hope and wish would challenge people in the coming time ahead? And we'll start with you, me. Um, I think it's this thing about to dare you to be to locally active, uh, to be part of, of a local group and to share your life with them where you can worship together with them and use your own language uh, and, and tongue together with that group. So, so, so sort of walk in his presence together with people uh, locally and not just in your own podcast cloud. Uh, I think that would be something to, to, to challenge you to step out there and, and to find a fellowship where you can worship together. And Maria? I would just like to add to what Mu says because I agree. But also the other way around of then when you are together in that fellowship and when you seek the Lord together, when you worship, that worship will be affected in how you spend your time alone with Jesus. There's a synergy there. And it's so I would challenge you to get on your knees, spend time with Jesus and see how that will affect everything in your life, including worship. Thank you so much. And yeah, amen on that. And uh Thank you guys for being part of this podcast and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to follow the Vino Nordic movement and everything that is happening, you can go to Facebook and Instagram and follow us under Vineyard Nordic. You can also help us by subscribing to this podcast on the different podcast platforms. When doing that, you will also get an update every time we have a new episode out. So again, thank you and see you again next time. Bye bye.